Welcome to the Practical Employment Law Podcast, a podcast covering all aspects of American employment law. I'm your host, Mark Chumley. In their infinite wisdom, the voters of the state of Ohio have spoken, and marijuana is legal for recreational use. That's right. As of December 7th, Ohio citizens are free to bake, blaze, bubble, burn some rope, cannibalize, cut the grass, dance with Mary Jane, fire up a rocket, fishbowl, get lit, get toasty toast, get wrecked, go bowling, go to the funhouse, kill a skunk, look for water on Mars, pet the green gerbil, puff, reach for the stars, sizzle a blizzle, study economics, talk to Lando, throw bread, go to the bat cave, walk the green dog, watch the ducks, or take a stroll in the devil's garden. What does this mean for Ohio employers, particularly those with drug-free workplace programs? That's what I'm going to discuss in this episode. First, let's turn back the clock and recall that back in 2016, Ohio legalized medical marijuana. That is why those of us who live in Ohio and sometimes listen to the radio are constantly hearing commercials about how to get your medical marijuana card. Sounds like a pretty easy process, so I'm not sure why issue two was necessary, but here we are. Anyway, the thing about the medical marijuana law was it provided broad protections for employers. The Ohio law provided that employers are not required to accommodate an employee's medical marijuana use, Employers are allowed to operate a drug-free workplace program, including a zero-tolerance policy, and they are allowed to conduct drug testing. Employers are allowed to make hiring and firing decisions and take other employment actions resulting from medical marijuana use or possession. Uh, Individuals who experience employment action because of their medical marijuana use are not allowed to sue the employer, and individuals terminated from their jobs because of medical marijuana use are not eligible for unemployment benefits. So the bottom line is that marijuana is still illegal under federal law, and employers don't have to accommodate its use by employees really in any fashion. So does anything change with the passage of Issue 2? The short answer is no. The passage of Issue 2 enacts a new section of the Ohio Revised Code, Section 3780, The code section as drafted runs about 41 pages, and I read the whole thing so you don't have to. The key provision from an employment law perspective is section 3780.35 entitled Rights of Employer. It tracks the language from the medical marijuana law, but in the interest of thoroughness, I'll cover it here. The law provides that nothing in this chapter, referring to the chapter legalizing medic- or legalizing recreational marijuana, nothing in this chapter does any of the following. One, requires an employer to permit or accommodate an employee's use, possession, or distribution of adult-use cannabis. Two, prohibits an employer from refusing to hire, discharging, disciplining, or otherwise taking an adverse employment action against an individual with respect to hire, tenure, terms, conditions, or privilege of employment because of that individual's use, possession, or distribution of cannabis. Three, prohibits an employer from establishing and enforcing a drug testing policy, drug-free workplace policy, or zero-tolerance drug policy. Four, interferes with any federal restrictions on employment, including the regulations adopted by the U.S. Department of Transportation. Five, permits an individual to to commence a cause of action against an employer for refusing to hire, discharging, disciplining, discriminating, retaliating, or otherwise taking an adverse 
employment action against an individual with respect to higher tenure terms, conditions, or privilege of employment related to the individual's use of cannabis, or six, affects the authority of the administrator of workers' compensation to grant rebates or discounts on premium rates to employers that participate in a drug-free workplace program. And one more point, the new law also states that an individual who's discharged from employment because of use of cannabis is considered to have been discharged for just cause for the purposes of unemployment determinations, which means that that individual will not be eligible for unemployment benefits. One small point here, the code does state that the individual's cannabis use must have been in violation of an employer's drug-free workplace policy, zero-tolerance policy, or other formal program or policy relating to the use of cannabis. So it appears that an employer must have some sort of policy in place that was violated in order for the employee not to be eligible for unemployment benefits. So the good news is that Ohio employers don't really need to do anything from a legal standpoint. If you have a drug-free workplace policy, it can stay in place with no changes, although this might be a good time for a review if it's been a while. The real issues raised by the passage of Issue 2 are more practical, but none of them are really new either. For several years now, I've been hearing complaints from employers in Ohio and other states that have legalized marijuana on some level, and they mostly relate to staffing issues. I have some clients who have decided to forego pre-employment testing for marijuana because they simply cannot staff their operations if they exclude everyone who tests positive for marijuana. These employers simply treat marijuana the same way they treat alcohol. That is, employees are free to use it outside of work, but if they come to work impaired, there will be reasonable suspicion testing and post-accident testing and possible discipline for a positive test. Obviously, employees in safety-sensitive positions, people who drive company vehicles or operate heavy machinery, for example, will still be subject to pre-employment testing, but many employers may have to consider lesser testing for certain positions. And some employers may elect to remove marijuana from their drug screens altogether. On the whole, I think these are going to end up being business-by-business decisions that just take into account the nature of the business, safety issues, insurance rates, um, customer demands, and a whole lot of other issues that are going to be very specific for employers in determining how they go forward with this issue. Another important point for multi-state employers to remember is that state laws vary quite a bit. As noted, Ohio is very protective of employers' rights. Other states, not so much. For example, California passed a new marijuana law that goes into effect January 1, 2024. It prohibits employers from discriminating against employees for legal off-duty marijuana use, medicinal or recreational. The law also bars employers from terminating or disciplining employees for a drug test that comes back positive for THC, although employees can be disciplined or terminated for being high on the job. Under New Jersey law, employers are prohibited from discharging an employee based on positive marijuana tests unless they can demonstrate the employee was impaired at work. In Illinois, the Right to Privacy in the Workplace Act prohibits employers from refusing to hire, terminating, or disciplining individuals who use lawful products off-duty and the law considers lawful products those that are legal under state law, so that includes marijuana. In addition, the Illinois Cannabis Act provides more rights for 
employers. Under the law, employers can prohibit employees from being under the influence at work, conduct reasonable drug and alcohol testing and reasonable non-discriminatory random drug testing, and discipline employees for violating policy. But Illinois employers must have a good faith belief that an employee is showing specific articulable signs that, and symptoms that reduce their performance. And employees disciplined for being under the influence or impaired by marijuana must be provided a reasonable opportunity to contest the basis of the determination. So just from these few examples, we see that Ohio, California, New Jersey, and Illinois all have different laws relating to marijuana use. And while there are some similarities uh, for employers, there are also quite a few differences. And remember, those are just a few examples. 24 states in the District of Columbia have legalized recreational use of cannabis and even more have legalized medicinal use. In fact, at this point, the short list is of states that continue to have an outright ban on marijuana. These are, there are only four, Idaho, Wyoming, South Carolina, and Kansas. And finally, bear in mind that several cities and municipalities have their own laws relating to cannabis use. The takeaway is that if you have multi-state operations and a drug testing policy, you should review it for state and local compliance. One final point to consider as we approach the legalization date in Ohio. Employers should be vigilant. I've seen comments online and in other places from people who are under the impression that the legalization of recreational marijuana means that people can use it wherever and whenever they want, at work, in the car, and so forth. That is simply not accurate in Ohio or even in other jurisdictions. The offshoot here is that managers should be trained on how to handle these issues and, at least in Ohio, a refresher in the next few weeks is probably a good idea. And with that, I'll leave you all to contemplate the fact that the greatest exercise of federalism in our time has been the push to legalize weed at the state level. I'm sure this is exactly what the drafters of the Tenth Amendment had in mind. This has been the Practical Employment Law Podcast. Thanks for listening. Please watch for future episodes wherever you get podcasts. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. If you would like to contact me about any aspect of the podcast, my email address is mchumley at kmklaw.com, and my full contact information is in the show notes. This podcast was created for general informational purposes only and does not constitute legal advice or a solicitation to provide legal services. Although we attempt to ensure that the podcast is complete, accurate, and up-to-date, we assume no responsibility for its completeness, accuracy, or timeliness. The information in this podcast is not intended to create, and listening to it does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. Listeners should not act upon this information without seeking professional legal counsel.